This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, we're going to do something a little bit different for this episode. KU-Mizzou getting together for the first time in almost 10 years. That last game was, I believe, February of 2012. One of the best games in the history of one of the best rivals in college basketball. Mm -hmm. So Debatable. That's the voice of Carrington Harrison. It's debatable. It was okay. I mean... The um, first one was a lot better, in my, pers- yeah, in my that, personal opinion. The I first bet you one, do. The first one was fantastic. Well, he's the host of The Drive here on 610 Sports Radio, and he is also the most ardent Mizzou fan here on 610 Sports Radio, so we thought it would only be fitting to bring him in before the first time in 10 years where the border war is getting back together. Let's just start right How there. How are we going to hate on that game at Sprint Center? How are you going to hate on all the money that they raised for the, the hurricane, hurricane relief, relief game? How are we hating on that? They've played since then. That was, you know what? If that it was? wasn't televised, it doesn't count. You know what that? You know what they were doing is they were showing you that Bill wasn't as closed off to the idea as one would have led you to believe. This is what I want to start with. I'm going to plan on talking about this on our show. So you're today. just taking over. Okay, let's hear it. Why did you KU fans deny that this game was important for a decade? Bill so happy he can't wait to play Mizzou. You know the answer, though. The answer is because as soon as Mizzou decided that they were leaving for the SEC, Bill Self got pissed off. And if there's one thing about that man that nobody can deny is that he knows how to hold a grudge. And when he decided, you know what? We are not playing Mizzou ever again. We don't care about Mizzou anymore. KU fans said, all right. I guess this is the road that we're taking. We followed his lead, and the second a couple years ago where he starts to sort of loosen up, you know, maybe maybe we'd be down to play them again. That's when we all decided, you know what, maybe he's right. I, I Personally, I never wanted that rivalry to end. It always mattered to me as a KU fan. K-State KU has never, ever, it's never had the same buzz. It's never had that same sort of hatred in terms of like just getting up for a game, the anxiety that you think about if you're going to lose that game, the pain that you have if you do lose it. It's always mattered to me, but it it was KU fans following Bill Self's lead. And we all know now that that was pettiness more than anything else. It was not wanting to let Mizzou get away with leaving the SEC and still getting to keep that series going twice a year. 
I'm happy that you can finally admit it. Because what do you mean, me finally? I was of, admitting it. A lot time. of the arguments that people were making just never made sense. Yeah. This doesn't help Kansas to play. It's a team in a Power Five conference. I could see if Missouri joined the AAC that you're saying, hey, playing a team, not like I'm making it seem like Missouri's been the best basketball program over the last 10 years, yeah. but playing a non con game against the Power Five team is never a bad thing. No, it's, it's never been a bad thing. It was that it was scheduling. Oh well, KU that doesn't help KU schedule. Okay, well they're they, they play Stony play, Brook. KU plays good non-con schedules, but there's there they, they could have fit them in. Yeah, they played they Stony fit them Brook. In. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just like, it's silly. And then people made it about uh, a financial thing about not wanting to play in Missouri, not wanting to play in the Sprint Center. That's money for the state of Missouri. Like all of that was complete bullshit. This was always about not wanting to let like Mizzou get away, so to speak, with leaving the conference and still getting to eat their cake as well. I heard someone say this, and it changed my life. They said that everyone is a Trump supporter about something. We know the difference between like a Trump voter and a Trump supporter. Like I think we're adults enough to know there's a difference between those two people. A lot of people are Trump supporter for Kansas basketball. And Bill Self is there, Donald Trump. They'll follow that man to I'm hell. A, whatever he says. Yeah, of course. Whatever gospel. he says, you were going to follow it. He's mm-hmm. been lying to you for, for a decade. Okay, but let me ask you a this. A decade, though. Nick. He's if been the, lying to but you. But that is the truth, right? So if we know, if we can all acknowledge now that the, re- the, the reason, and Bill Self's even said it in recent weeks, he said people, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that people said that I was the main reason or the only reason that we didn't play him. And he said, I may not have been the only reason, but yeah, I had something to do with it, which uh, we all know that. the biggest thing to do with of it. Of course he did. Of course he did. But role reversal, what, can you can you honestly blame, if that if, if, if it's as simple as him just being petty and saying, no, if you guys are going to leave, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of continuing to play you. Can you really blame him for that? I was frustrated because to me, it was like they poked at Missouri and then played every other team in the Big 12 Outside of Missouri. Yeah, they brought Nebraska back like two years yeah, later. Yeah, they were playing Nebraska and Colorado, and KU fans <laughs> were trying to come up with all these mental gymnastics of how playing We played Nebraska Colorado was. in 2014, so it's like two years later. They played Colorado on the – they gave Colorado a home game yeah. after all of that. Like, come on now, man. This was, this was clearly sour grapes. This was clearly pettiness. The weird thing is, I was t- I was telling. But I'm Rob a petty this. person too, and I'm okay with pettiness in certain situations. I guess. I mean, it's it's college basketball. Like, college basketball needs as much juice in the regular season uh, as possible. It's funny because yesterday, uh, I was actually in line at Chipotle, and I was thinking to myself, what's the most interesting thing about this year's regular season of college basketball? Like, if you ask twenty college, not diehard media person on Twitter, someone like you that likes watches and follows college basketball. What's the most interesting thing about this regular season? Well, you don't have a Zion Williamson type. You don't have that one guy that you're just going to follow no matter that what. One team. Last year was Gonzaga and Baylor. Last year was actually I thought was awesome because while you didn't have that singular player, you had these two dominant teams that were clearly a class above everybody else. Yeah, but the games weren't fun to watch last year. No, but then we got treated to that national championship. That's Those fair. two teams that we knew that but that wasn't a payoff until the end of the year. That mm-hmm. was postseason. They were supposed to play in December, but COVID canceled the game. I actually think the tournament was good this year or last year. It was. I mean, if if that's what you if that's what you want, if you want to see the two best teams battling out in the national championship game, in which you hardly ever get, I thought, you got that last year. I thought year. the final four was good. We got Gonzaga versus UCLA. UCLA went a on a run. I, classic I thought, game. I thought yeah. last year's tournament was actually pretty good. But I, I'm 
I'm not saying season. this to like trip you up or like a trick question. Like we're two people that I watch and follow an college basketball. Like I, I know who's on what team. I know who's good. I know who's not good. What's the most interesting thing of this year in college basketball? And I think you'd really struggle to come up with it. So one of my arguments has always been, why are we against making the college basketball regular season more interesting? I want Missouri to play most state. I want Missouri to play SLU. Yeah. I want Kansas to play Wichita State. You know what that would do? It would make the regular season of college basketball more interesting. Because for the first two months, college basketball doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant. We don't really start to pay attention until after the NFL season. Now, there's some games that pop up in January that you pay attention to, but for the most part, your attention really starts to shift the middle of February. And then you look and see where your team is. You check Joe Lenardi's bracketology. You see where you could land, where you couldn't can land. And then it's a six-week sprint to the end. But I'm all for making the first 20 games of college basketball just much more interesting. And creating matchups like this would make it more interesting. I was talking to uh, Jay Billis a couple weeks ago. No big deal. Just a subtle name drop there. And he, I, we were talking about the Pick champion. it up. You dropped it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we were you. talking about the uh, the Champions Classic, and I was kind of like, you know, I, these games may not end up mattering by the end of the season. He kind of cut me off. He's like, they don't matter. He's like, they don't. These games in November, we're never going to talk about them again. They're fun at the time when you get to see Kansas and Kentucky or Duke and Michigan State, whatever. But by the end of the season, nobody's going back and referencing those games from three months ago. So you're right. Like, in large part, it feels like the first two months of the season aren't even for the fans. They're just for the teams. They're for the teams to figure out the rotations, figure out who their guys are, to get figure out their sets. But, like, for the fans, there's really not much to get you to take time out of your days. Like, especially when they're playing on Saturdays during college football season, Sunday nights. I mean, like, just how are you going to give your attention to college basketball? That's why I think this game is really cool. And it's it was cool last night, finally, now that there's no games in between Kansas and Mizzou, that Bill Self and these guys can start sort of talking about it on the record, about how excited they are for it. I, I want to know for you as a fan, like, seeing as how these teams haven't played in 10 years, is the, is the disdain still there? Is the anticipation for this game still there? Where are you at now a few days before the border war? Well, I think it's kind of twofold. I would say I can't speak for Kansas fans, so I, I can't like I can't get inside the mind of a Kansas fan. The disdain from the Missouri side is still well and alive. <laughs> it is still absolutely there for Kansas. It is there just like we have teleported back to 2011 and 2012. Missouri fans have not wavered at all on who their rival is and who is the team that they hate the most. It is the University of Kansas. The anticipation and disdain for this went out the window when Missouri lost to UMKC. Yeah. Like, I I could not have seen a scenario five years ago where these two teams announced they would come back and I would not be in attendance. I could not have envisioned a scenario. I was looking at StubHub on the way over here. It's $250 for the cheapest pair to get into Allen Fieldhouse. I'm spending 250 to watch Missouri get beat by 30. I'll do that at home on television for free. But yeah, no. there's something to be said for the atmosphere. Maybe that's easy for me to say. As a I'm Kansas not walking fan. into that atmosphere now. If this was at Missouri Arena, yeah. All right, that'd be a little bit different. I'm not gonna say I'd be excited about spending the 250, but you'd do it. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd spend the day in Columbia. They're gonna lose, whatever. But I'm happy that Kansas is back in Missouri Arena. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, those are two separate questions. Is the anticipation there? Maybe not much, but like the disdain. I I think. Any Kansas fan who tells you it's not there, they're lying. And it's so funny. 
over I, the past. I mean, to, sorry to cut you off, though, I could see how you as a Kansas fan, hey, you guys have been wanting to play Missouri for, or you guys have been wanting to play us for a decade. You're about to come in here and get your ass beat. We're about to, we're about to beat you 100 to 55 and show you why this was a terrible idea and we're going to beat you like this for the next five times we play. Like, if I was in the power seat the way you guys are, I'd be excited to thump Kansas yeah, in this yes game. Yes and no, but like I think that's what makes rivalries so great, and that's what makes that last game so great is that regardless of I – mean, both they split the season series, but the idea that – what makes those rivalries so awesome is that, yes, there's that built-in hatred that's going to be there no matter what, but I think one of the great characteristics of a rivalry is the anxiety that you feel going into the game knowing that if you lose – it's going to be the worst feeling in the world. And that that was there the last time we saw these two mm-hmm. teams play. And it's not there. So it's like, I, I I am excited and that hatred's still there, but also like that buzz about like what's going to happen on Saturday. That being absent kind of waters it down Yeah, a that's bit. where we got screwed last year. Because last year, like if everything was normal and this game was played at Sprint Center with last year's team, I mean, it would have been arguably the biggest regular season basketball game at Sprint Center, even if you're counting like not NCAA tournament games, even Big 12 tournament games, like it would have been a really big deal if these two teams had played each other last year at this time of the year. People were really optimistic about Missouri. Kansas wasn't, they weren't dominant last regular season. Like it would have been a really fun mm-hmm. game. So like we kind of got cheated out of seeing those two teams play last year. I wonder what it's going to be like for the players. It's like these kids were, most of these kids were in like third, fourth grade. The last time KU, played. with the exception of Mitch Lightfoot, who was probably in high school at the time, uh, most of these he was guys actually on the bench for the game. What are you talking about? He was on the bench <laughs> for these two teams. I I will say though, I think the game a couple of years ago at the Hurricane Relief showed you that it just doesn't matter. Like if if you and I went outside to go play a pickup game, and magically there were thirty people surrounding the court, we're gonna play with a little different energy. Than if we and you and I were just going out yeah. there to mess around, like yo, know, it's people watching. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I don't, I don't know if you went to that game or not. I was there. Yeah, that was a regular season game. Like, I know the score didn't count. It mattered to everybody that was in attendance. Like mm-hmm. the same energy, the same miz, rock chalk, the excitement. Like that game really mattered. So I think it's going to be hard if you're a player. Number one, like you're being told by your friends and peers, go beat Kansas, beat Mizzou, whatever you're being told. And then when you go in there and based on the ticket prices and based on the lines of kids that are waiting to get into the game, I'm assuming it's going to be a special Allen Fieldhouse environment. You can't help but get wrapped up into all of that. Yeah, that's I going think on. the fans will let the players know. 100%. Once, 100%. You, once you're in that atmosphere and they're going to be like, okay, I guess this does really matter. Because I was going back over the last week or so, I've been kind of just jumping around watching highlights from different games and... For a while, I was just like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't know if that buzz is going to be there. But then there was one point, I was watching the 2012 game, and somebody was at the, maybe Phil Press, who was at the free throw line, and I was just like looking at the Mizzou jersey. And then all of a sudden, everything started coming back to me. I was just, I saw those colors, and I was like thinking back all those years, whether it was, uh, whether it was Ricky Paulding or Arthur Johnson, or I'm just all of a sudden, like everything was just going through my head at once. And I was like, man. The second I see the golden black in Allen Fieldhouse, I feel like everything's going to return. And maybe, maybe, maybe once the ball tips are five minutes in, things will change a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, if if you're if you're going to be there, they're going to show a highlight montage that is going to blow your that pregame mind. Video is gonna be awesome. It's going to be incredible, like, and they're going to show 
you know, what's that saying from the Simpsons about Missouri? And they're going to show all the times that you've beat Missouri and they're going to show the block. And then Bill, Bill was happier to beat Missouri than he was to beat they Memphis in the national that, championship. The they still show that fist pump when he's walking to the handshake. He was bar. happier to beat Missouri than he was happier to beat Memphis in the national championship game. <laughs> like go, go watch Bill's reaction to yeah. winning the national championship. Go watch Bill's reaction to beat Missouri and tell tell me which one looks like the national title game, which one looks like a regular season basketball game. My only my only complaint about them getting this back together is that they're doing the two games. I mean, I get why they're doing the two games at at the T Mobile Center. I'd much rather just this be three and three, three in Lawrence, three in Columbia. I think if you're a Mizzou fan, it's kind of like like I've I've been to bragging rights in Illinois, like in uh, St. Louis, and it's. It's cool, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's cool, like neutral site. You see the re- like they do a really good job of configuring the tickets. Where like, yo, if you're a Missouri fan, you need to be on this side of the court. Uh-huh. If you're an Illinois fan, you need to be on this side of the court. That I, I all all we know is these two teams playing in the home environments. I think once they play at T-Mobile Center and people get to see it, I think they'll really enjoy it. What outside of bat? Like, what are your hopes for this game? I know, obviously, it's. Uh... Keep it under twenty. Significant mismatch. Keep okay, it under yeah, twenty. Basketball, Keep yeah. it under twenty. Keep it to where in the second half, like there's a reason to watch. No, just don't lose by twenty. Okay. Like cover. <laughs> cover. Is it line out? No, I. It'll be. I'm assuming it'll be nineteen twenty. I. I mean, I. Is that too small? I. If you're telling me I could get KU under twenty five and a half, I'd probably take KU in that situation. Like I. Missouri doesn't really have a chance to compete in this game. They just and KU looks really damn. Missouri good last can't night. score enough to beat a team like Kansas. Like it's sometimes sports are really simple, and Missouri just doesn't. They don't have a high enough offensive output to beat a team like Kansas. Like regardless of talent, coaching, any of those things, they're just not good enough offensively to beat Kansas. Outside of the game, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, KU looked has looked really good ever since they lost that game to Toledo. Their offense is just kind of insane right now. When are you guys going to start that this is the best team since '08? Because you know that conversation's coming up. It's coming up soon. Yeah, but we, do, yeah, but I mean, KU, KU fans only see there are their other, team there are other thresholds they have to pass. But no. first, they got to be better than the 2018 team and the 2017. Team, K- which actually was that's better. That's not how KU fans talk about their team. They don't say, oh, this team's better than 2017. KU fans only compare their team to this is the worst team Bills had or this is the best team since 08. Those are the only two you kinds of You know what I actually teams. like better than that is every player is like, you know, he's got a little Frank Mason. <laughs> he, this guy's got a little Brandon Rush in him. And I'm just like, is there any non-KU players that got a little? <laughs> no, not at all. No, that's never the way it works. It's we were. I, I was actually joking about this with uh, Danny Parkins, how Sharon used to be the comparison. Like, oh, he's like, like Sharon. Now it's Frank or Devontae. Yeah. Every time, every single time I talk to a recruiting guy about the guy that just landed, he's like, you know, watch out for him. He's got a little Frank in his game. <laughs> like he's got a little National Player of the Year in his game. Yeah, I'm like, he, great. He definitely sign does. me up. He's got he's got future NBA guard in his, in his future. That's what he's got. What about outside of the actual basketball in terms of atmosphere? Like, I don't know what to expect from the players. I know the atmosphere is going to be great, but to me, this game is more because of the fact that it's a mismatch on paper. I just hope that this can sort of set the the scene of the next six years, like set the tone of what this rivalry is going to be. Because I, however these players react to the rivalry, I think it will be better next year, and I think it will be better the year after that. Because you can have these former players come in and tell them what the, what it means, and you can have the fans and the coaches tell them what it means. But 
I don't think that you can really embrace this rivalry until you've played in it a few times. So I just hope that this is sort of going to set like a jumping off point for the next six years. I Maybe I'm putting way too much stock into that hurricane game. I I think it's going to feel like old hat very, very like quickly. immediately game uh, one. very quickly. Like I, I remember very vividly Cassius Robertson hit a three and started pumping his fist and just the amount of energy that just went through the sprint center when he did that. And I mean, next year, Kansas plays at Mizzou arena. The rivalry will be alive in that game. Yeah. Like I, I, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of like major sporting events. I, I mean, I, I'd have to say game seven of the world series was the most tense sporting event I've been to because you know, Hey, if you win this, you win the championship. Yeah. Like you're the world series champion. I'd put MUKU at Mizzou arena as second, just because Kansas won their last game at Hearn center. You were thinking to yourself, Kansas will likely never play here. Like I, I'm actually really surprised it's a home and home series. Like I thought it was just going to be, Why? they were going to, I thought they were going to agree to do what Kentucky and Louisville do. Hey, we'll play each other, but we're going to play each other in a state. Or they were going to do what Missouri and Illinois does. Or they were going to do, I thought they were going to just agree, hey, we're not going to give you the home window. We're not going to, we're not going to take the home window. We're just going to find a neutral place where both of our fans will easily congregate to. And we're just going to do that. And that's all we're going to do. Like, I didn't think Missouri was ever going to play a game against Missouri where they were going to give Missouri the door. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, just, I, I don't think they would ever agree to that. Like, I'm glad they did. I am too. I agree. It, it's certainly better because of that. So, like, just no, knowing next year that they play at Mizzou Arena, I don't want to know what tickets are going to cost for that game. Like, it ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> I, I've never been to a game in Columbia. It ain't going to be cheap. Yeah. Mizzou Arena is, it's, it's really weird because, so it's actually, like, modeled after the Pacers Arena. So when they when it when it's full and it's going, it's actually a lot of fun. Like this is like a nice modern, feels like an NBA arena. It's big. It seats eighteen thousand. But you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of MU games with open seating. You know, mm-hmm. open GA seating if you want to go. But you know, there, there there's those moments that like you just experience more often because KU plays big games pretty regularly. That. It's just it's it's a it's a different buzz and a different atmosphere. Like I've been there when they played Kentucky. I was that I was at the first game against oh the first game the only game that Michael Porter played at Mizzou Arena. It's just different. And knowing that Kansas is coming back for the first time in twelve years, it'll be a hundred seventy five dollar get in ticket. Who was the fir- Who's like the first KU figure? So this can be player coach that you remember just like sort of kickstarting your hatred for KU. Paul Pierce, Jock Vaughn, Ray Flaference are probably the ones for me. Who was the who was the Strickland guy? Um, I mean, because Ricky Paulding comes to mind, Kareem Rush comes to mind. Can I tell you a story really quickly, please? Uh, so my half sister, her father used to work in the athletic department, and he gave me and my dad tickets to go to an MUKU game. You probably remember this game. I was at the game where Arthur Johnson got hung on the rim. Where he went up to dunk and he hit the rim and he fell straight down on his bottom. This the game where Arthur Johnson went off, like for like thirty-seven. No, they got there was this was this was at uh, Allen Field. I think oh, I okay, smoked, okay, okay. smoked in this game, and I'll never forget that. And I'll instead of doing rock chalk Jayhawk, they just chanted NIT for the last like seven minutes of the game, and it was like the worst fan experience I'd had at that point <laughs> uh, as a kid. I don't remember what year it was. I was I was a little kid when this happened, but yeah, man, like. 
I so I guess to what we were saying earlier is I think there's enough of us still around and certainly people older than us that you can pass these story downs to the to the youngins to get them to understand how much this game means to us. By the way, it was Kevin uh, Jason Sutherland was yep. the player that I was that was the first player I but actually beyond players it was Quinn Snyder. I hated Quinn Snyder's look. I hated the grease back, the, like the slicked back hair. But that's but that's what it is, man. It's just like I don't know what I hate about him. I just hate him for what he represents and stands for. And that's to me is like there have been so many conversations amongst KU fans over the past decade, and they they're insufferable. It's like who's KU's biggest rival now? Is it K State? Is it Iowa State? And the we're just like the answer is Missouri. Yeah, we're just like manufacturing these conversations. Like then they don't have one right now until they start playing Missouri again. They don't have one. Which is that? That's why I'm glad they're bringing it back, because I was watching the 2012 game uh, just a couple nights ago. You never watched the one at Missouri Arena, huh? And I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, I remember that charge call. Uh, I actually think I think KU should have won the one in Missouri Arena, and I think Mizzou should have won the one in Allenfield. We could probably do this podcast for like the next four hours. I know. What really frustrates me about the last time these two teams played each other is I tell KU fans this all the time. I wouldn't have called the Thomas Robinson, Phil Pressy play. Like I, I think it was a foul. I think if that play happens with seven minutes in the first half, they call a foul, right? Like I, I think it was a foul. But I'm much more of a swallow your whistle unless it's an egregious hack. He comes down and knocks him out the sky. I don't think you call it. What really frustrates me is if you're going to let the game play at that speed at the end of regulation, you can't then call the foul to put Tyshawn Taylor on the free throw line. Like That's a nip and tuck. Like... Come on now. Well, you- they called that game completely differently in the second half. But I, actually, it was funny. Watching like the first 10 minutes of that game is insufferable, regardless of which side you're on. It was the sloppiest, just like most frenetic first 10 minutes of that game where neither team could like settle down. And then all of a sudden, Mizzou started hitting some shots. And that's how that, I think you guys were up by like seven or eight by the time the first half ended. And then obviously went on that run to start the second half. It, it's really it's really the second half where the game gets interesting, but the whole time it was, uh, I, mean, I like the first half. I'm sure you like the first great. half more than I like the first half. The, f- the whole time Vern Lundquist and I can't remember uh, Clark Kellogg was mm-hmm. on the call with them. The whole time they kind of kept referencing like this is the probably the last time these teams are ever going to play. And I don't remember at the time if I actually believed that or not, but it was really funny going back and listening to that the way that it was sort of hyped up and built up as like, these teams are never going to see each other again. Did you ever like, did you ever actually believe that? I thought they were going to play again at sprint center. I I really did. I, I, now I didn't think they would play while Bill self was the coach. Like I, that's what, that's been a popular. I did sentiment. think that I did think that bill was entrenched enough where I'm not going to, it's not going to happen while and I'm bill is here. stubborn while, while I'm here. Now when I'm gone, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I don't care, but I, I, I did think that they were going to wait until Bill was done. So, like, I was, like, really surprised. Like, when I first started hearing the rumblings that they were working on this, I was like, for real? Like, I, I was really shocked. And, again, like, I, I, I never thought Kansas would play a road game at Missouri again. I thought the only way they would agree is if they played at Sprint Center every time. Do you think they'll ever go another season without playing each other now? I mean, it's, I know it's only a six-year series. No, I but don't. Like, I don't. They're going to pick it up. I think they're, yeah, that. I think they'll pick it I mean, I just think. You don't get back together for six seasons then to just take another couple off. And just, I think the amount of money that both sides are going to see, it's just going to be a no-brainer 
Um, and I think in a post-COVID world, like you're going to – generating revenue is just going to be a bigger deal, a bigger emphasis. College football coaches' salaries are going up. Like if you can take an easy bag, an easy dub, you need to take as many of those as you can. And this appears to be an easy win for both sides. And I'm sure you saw the quote. Bill Self said, biggest game on the schedule. Yeah. They got a game against Baylor, number two team in the country. They're going to play them twice. Like that counts Baylor. That counts Oklahoma State. That counts K-State, whoever else you want to throw in there. Like he acknowledged this game against a team that I don't even know where your Kimpom ranking is, but I know it ain't good. No, it's uh, they have uh, they're, they're the they're the lowest net rating of any power five team. So it ain't good right now to be cheering for Missouri. It is not fun. It is not enjoyable. They did beat Eastern Illinois yesterday. So we're on a roll. We're Here hot. There we go. We're hot. You got to start somewhere. You guys played the Glory Road Invitational last night. Played <laughs> played UTEP. Played UTEP. You look good. Is anybody calling it the T-Mobile Center? I keep catching myself call it the spring. I, I think I did like 10 minutes ago, but only because I was ready for it. But I'm not ready to call the T-Mobile Center yet. But how much you know what, How much longer? A couple more years? I got to go to an event there. I haven't been there since I they either. changed it. I'm assuming there. there's nothing different except the signage up yeah, front. I mean, I, I assume I'll go to one Big 12 game, but I, I haven't been. Hey, when when, uh, when they get together in Columbia, I want to go to the game with you next year. I'm happy to go. I can't wait. I've to never go been, next year. so I need a tour guide. Yeah, I can't wait to go. Columbia's fun. I, I Lawrence is more fun. Lawrence is better. Okay. I, I I can admit that Lawrence is better. But Columbia's a great time, man. It's a great time. It's an easy drive. See, this is I, I know we got to into it. We got to get to work here. What KU fans don't really have a great enough appreciation for is how easy it is to go to a Kansas game. Like, think about, like, let's say Missouri played at 7. You got to leave Kansas City at 4. What's the drive? 2. It's 2. You got to leave Kansas City at 4, maybe a little bit earlier if you want to stop and eat. So you you can't work your full day. You got to do that. You see the game. You got to gas up. Maybe you want (laughs) to eat again. Then you got to take a two-hour drive back. Being a Missouri fan and going to basketball games, it's a real drain where you, you know, you can get off, you can go home, take oh, yeah. a nap. I got all the time in the world. You can leave an hour before the game, yeah, park, great. you're right there, you still see the wave the weed or rock, whatever the hell you guys do. You know what it is. No one has still ever been able to answer this for me, and I've asked so many KU fans, how could you spend $4.5 million on the rule of basketball and just randomly stick it in a hallway? <laughs> It is the most confusing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Like, I'll never forget. So I went to I went to a KU game in February of 2020. So the game before senior night. I forgot who they played. I think they played like TCU or something. I can't remember. And I had never seen the rules. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's I'll go see it. So I asked someone where the rules are, and they they told me. I hand to God, I'm not even joking. I thought it was the line for the bathroom. Because it was just like, it was just there. Like, I, I thought, I don't know if you've ever been to the uh, Smithsonian before, but I thought it was going to be like how the Hope Diamond is. Like, the Hope Diamond is on its like own centerpiece, floor. centerpiece, yeah. It is on its own floor. It is in a room by itself. You walk in there, and you're not looking at nothing else. It is just, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. You know why? Because it's a diamond, and the rules of basketball is a piece of paper. I thought at least if you're going to spend all that and then you built the wing, like I thought it was its own special. You had like a Wilt Chamberlain game worn <laughs> jersey. And it was like, oh my God, this is like the coolest room I've ever been into. And it's just like, wait, that's it? It's yeah. just, just the, booth, the booth hall of athletics hasn't been uh, quite what I thought it was going to be. But 
I've, I'll be honest with you. I've never even seen that. I, I've up until this year, I've been to every KU home game for the past six seasons. I've never actually seen the, the actual rules, rules the, of basketball. I'm KU fans. You know, I'm not lying here. The rules of basketball are in a hallway next to a rally house. That's what it is. I'm serious. It is in a random hallway in a next to a rally house, which just how? how? Hey, they pay for it. They can do whatever they want with it, right? This is the most sacred document in yeah, the history I know. of sports. I know. And it's in a hallway next to a rally house. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we can do whatever we want with it. Now we got it. You guys are you guys are special, man. You guys are you guys hey, are a we're, special pr- bunch. we're privileged. That's what we are. <laughs> a special bunch. Carrington Harrison, uh, this has been fun, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, I think that's gonna do it for this one. Short and sweet. I wanted to keep it all KU Mizzou, given the fact it's the first time they've played in nearly a decade. We'll get back to a more typical episode next week and get into some broader topics. Hopefully, Ochai and Christian Brown continue on the tear they've been in i mean bill self sort of not really but kind of compared ochai to clay thompson uh that's just worth mentioning for now maybe we'll dive a little bit more into those comments in next week's episode but for now that'll do it thanks for listening if you haven't already please subscribe to the wave in the wheat podcast on itunes that way you got it right there on your phone before even having to search for it, before we even put something out on social media, give it a like, give it a review. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. You can also listen, as always, on the Odyssey app and at odyssey.com slash 610 Sports Radio. Thanks. See you next time. such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 